Burge and Brandon Sprague. Hey, what's up, guys? Back to the Futures here on the BetQL Network and the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts as well. If you're catching this one a little bit later, happy happy Sunday evening. Brandon Sprague here on the West Coast. And, of course, my great co-host over there on the East Coast, everything and everything sports, Lucy Burge of the BetQL Network. Find all her great work on Twitter, at Lucille Burge. We've got a loaded show. Going to dive into the NBA playoffs here in just a minute. Uh, it's going to be an NFL draft preview show as well. We've got the NFL draft coming up uh, on Thursday. And I kind of want to ask, we've got a guest coming up on the second segment. I want to know where this draft ranks all time as worst drafts, least interesting drafts. And we'll give you some odds on guys to look for and maybe some of the favorites and maybe a dark horse out there that uh, if you can right, find the right value, you make a bet on them. They get picked, let's say, number three overall if there's a player laying out there. So we're going to talk with Ryan Roberts of risendraft.com, NFL Draft Analyst, also host of the NFL Draft Prospects podcast. He'll join us uh, as well. And then we got some odds and ends to get to a little baseball. We've got some uh, how our bets are going in Major League Baseball, some NBA, NBA series updates, and uh, we'll talk a little draft as well. So there's a lot to get to today. Uh, Lucy, happy Sunday. How's, how's the weekend treating you so far? Happy Sunday. It is going very well because as a Celtics fan, as someone in New England, this series with the Nets is everything you could ever hope for. You see Kyrie go down. You see him score 10 points. Watching Kyrie Irving score 10 points in a game is everything you could ever hope for. And then you have the Ben Simmons news that dropped tonight. And I would like to congratulate the Celtics right now on their game four win and their series sweep of the Nets because it's happening, folks. It is going to happen. This Ben Simmons news has the nail in the coffin for the Nets right now. They are done. So I'm really hopeful that the Celtics can really take advantage of this and move on. So it's going very well, Sprague. How about you? Well, uh, my weekend's good. It's It's been super busy. Um, I had one of the best rounds of my life playing golf yesterday. And so you got all the NBA playoffs added to it. The Nets losing. I've had a pretty good weekend myself, though, because I'm glad you brought up the Nets first. Do you really believe that if Ben Simmons played, the Nets' odds or the chances of them coming back and tying and pushing to a game seven, like, do you buy that they would have changed? Because here's the thing. Ben Simmons not playing. I get why it's a big deal. I'm not sure this team is past the point where they're already broken and Ben Simmons is really going to change all that much. This is true. So as it has not impacted the odds at all, we saw a tweet from John Ewing this evening that was very funny, I thought. So before the Ben Simmons news, the Nets were minus one and a half. After the Ben Simmons news, the Nets are minus one and a half. So it's not (laughs) impacting this at all. I think it is impacting their psyche at least a little bit. If not impacting it a lot, it's not helping at all because this Nets team cannot have any confidence. They are so beaten down. They are so momentumless right now because they, this is a team that all season, we were ta- I was asking, why are they favored? Why are the Nets favored right now? We, I remember talking to Luke Brigandi about this. Why are they favored? Because of Kevin Durant, because when Kyrie plays, he's phenomenal. But those two factors are not coming through for them right now. Kevin Durant, not coming through. Kyrie, mm-hmm. after the NBA find him, I am convinced that affected his play monumentally. Because that first game, he had 39 points. The next two games after he was fined, 10 points, 16 points. I mean, that drop-off is incredible. Like, Kyrie is gone. His mind is gone. Just, he is defeated. If they beat them in Brooklyn, 
they're defeated. Absolutely gone. Durant gone. No Celtics moving on from this. I think the Ben Simmons thing is just like the little, like you're just denting it and it's just like, all right, cracked open, gone. Yeah. For you sure. know, the crazy thing, Lucy, is if the Celtics can complete that sweep that you speak of tomorrow, the Celtics winning the series in four. We talked a little bit about this coming in, right? We talked about the odds in these matchups. Let's bring this back. The Celtics sweeping and winning in four, Lucy. If you would have bet on that and said, ah, this Nets team ain't real. This Celtics team's playing great defense. This Celtics team's locked in. They've got the depth. They've got the young superstars versus what you've got. And you get the slightly older guys in Kyrie and KD. Ben's uncertain. And then after that, it's like, who are you going to expect to do anything? It, Bruce Brown turns out has been the best player for the Brooklyn Nets this entire series. Not the second best player, not the third best player. Bruce Brown's been their best player, which speaks to everything. But had you thought that was going in, you could have got Celtics in four plus 1400, Lucy. 1400 oh for a Celtics sweep, which I agree with you. I've enjoyed a few of these games and I've enjoyed them for other reasons outside of the fact that uh, some of them don't feel as particularly close because the Celtics blew them out in that fourth quarter yesterday. I don't know what's going on. The Kyrie thing, I, I think there's a lot to what you're saying. Kyrie got fined for responding to the fans and the NBA basically said, shut up and take it. And I think that's thrown Kyrie through a loop. The other part is Kevin Durant. And yeah. I, I, look, I know Boston's defense is stingy. I know they're switching a lot. They're playing up. You know, you got Tice on the screens coming all the way up. You got Marcus Smart fighting over screens. You got Tatum taking his chances and, and rotating over and helping out and, and defending him one-on-one. -on -one. Lucy, they have broken Kevin Durant. Uh, we, yeah. we have not seen a star player play quite like this really since LeBron against the Mavericks. I really believe there's that kind of vibe when you watch KD. He shot it 11 times yesterday. Kevin Durant, arguably one of, if not the best scorer in NBA history, shooting the ball just 11 times. To me, I, I think Boston broke him. I think this whole season's been nothing but disappointment for him from Kyrie in the vaccine to James Harden requesting out to Ben Simmons not being able to play. I think the season and Boston have broken Kevin Durant because he looks like a lost basketball player out there. 1000%. And I think all of that combined with the fact that the Celtics are completely gelling at the right time mm -hmm. is just destructive to Brooklyn right now. And I would never have bet on, and I didn't bet on the Celtics in four here. I wanted Celtics in not wanted, but bet on Celtics in six, because I did want this to kind of be a series that the, the series to go six games was at plus plus one ninety. So that I was on. But mm -hmm. if they, I, it does not look like that's going to happen now. I do believe now it'll be Celtics in six, which was plus fourteen hundred heading into the series. So I, I am surprised a little bit because I thought Kevin Durant was going to come to play. Like Kyrie did come to play in the first game, and I do believe that the fact. And I thought of this as soon as he got fined. I thought this is going to affect him on the court now because it didn't affect him on the court when the fans were going after him and he was able to respond to them because he was able to use that into his play on the court. And as soon as he was fined, I thought, okay, that's it. He can't express himself, which he loves to do. So mm -hmm. as soon as he can't do that anymore, he feels stifled. And that is absolutely going to make it more in his head as he's playing rather than the fact that he can like give the double bird to the fans and say S my D and all this stuff, which absolutely was just the best. Like that made this series phenomenal. The fact that I love when players like Miles Straw, who we can get into later, go back at fans. Like it is 
just fantastic. And, and especially in NBA playoffs and the fact that he couldn't, I wanted to be like Kyrie, just keep paying your fines, like keep doing it and like keep doubling down and pay any fine that, I mean, he could get suspended, which would be the issue, but I think that absolutely affected that. And that just all snowballed in with the Celtics being really, really good and cohesive right now is just Brooklyn is, is you were right. Like they're just done. They're, they're dead. No confidence, no yeah. momentum, just bury them right now. All right. They just, yeah, they feel very broken. And, and like, I, I could be way wrong on this, but I think sometimes with this league, you kind of have to, I don't think speculation is the worst thing. Like you can say outlandish things and people looking at what, and then Kevin Durant's a Golden State Warrior, and you go, oh, so like all of that ridiculousness was true. You just never know with this league. Kevin Durant has a real like, I don't want to play with this guy anymore vibes. And I know him and Kyrie are friends. I know a lot of these guys team up as friends and then they break up, but some of them remain friends. I, I It wouldn't be the craziest thing to me if Kevin Durant wanted to bounce from Brooklyn or if Kyrie chose not to resign there because Kyrie's going to be a free agent. Like, I wouldn't want to give James Harden the max, and I wouldn't want to give Kyrie the max. Why would I want to sign those guys for four or five years? Uh, I would highly pass on that. And so I just, I look at Brooklyn, and I see nothing but an absolutely broken team, and a team that could be facing a lot of fundamental change this offseason, whether that's Steve Nash, whether that's Kevin Durant, whether that's Kyrie Irving, or whether that's doing nothing and just hoping that your role players slightly change, and that's going to be the difference. This team is broken. And give Boston a lot of credit because we're going to go through the East here in just a second. Milwaukee destroyed Chicago for the second straight game in Chicago. They're on the brink of getting a gentleman sweep now. The East looks tasty if you're Boston. You're looking at Miami. You're looking at Milwaukee. And obviously Giannis being the monster that he is is standing there. But if you're Boston or you're Boston fan, <coughs> Lucy, <coughs> uh, I think this is a tasty situation for the Boston Celtics if they can complete that sweep. Oh, big time. They destroyed an entire franchise in the Nets. Like, they're done. So I love this right now because it's exciting. And the Celtics have so much, again, confidence heading into the next round that even if they were facing the Bucks and Giannis, I think they truly believe that they can defeat Giannis and they can defeat any team and they can win the championship yeah. because of what they've done to Kevin Durant, to Kyrie and Kyrie probably came into the series. I, I would assume and thought, okay, I'm going to destroy this team and the opposite, how the turntables here, Kyrie, because it be destroyed, absolutely destroyed. And when I think about all of the things you said about changes in Brooklyn, this off season, the most likely thing I feel like would be Kyrie leaving. Because if he wants to leave, he will. And like, it, it just seems like he's done. And, and wherever he is a very, he's a very big vibes guy. And he probably now has bad vibes in Brooklyn. Like he feels like, okay, this is, I'm losing here. I need to go somewhere else. So, I mean, I would think maybe. But who's he, signing him? See, I think, I think that's the tough thing, yeah. Lucy, is like, who, who wants to go through this? Like this dude, to me, it's not just the vaccine. Like, he left LeBron James in the middle of LeBron's prime. LeBron was going to the finals every year because that's how good he was. And this dude was like, nah, I want to go to Boston. He finally gets his way. He goes to Boston. They get to the Eastern Conference without him. He doesn't show up to game seven. They're at home. And they you would imagine any other player as a star on a team would be there at game seven, even if they're not playing. He chose not to show up and watch LeBron clown him. He then asks and creates a toxic environment for himself just to get out of Boston so he can go play with Kevin Durant. And the minute he gets Kevin Durant healthy, 
Well, he can't stay healthy. And then the next year he refuses to get a vaccine that is clear as day helps the human immunity system. So it's just like, I, I don't know how seriously you can take him. And like, I think everything's on the table for these dudes. Everything. Kevin Durant asking out, Steve Nash quitting, Kyrie Irving going somewhere else and or retiring mm. and just saying, oh, I, you know, I've been patronized and I'm not going to take this and I'm going to stand for my human rights of not being verbally abused and being okay with that. Like, I think everything for them, given the way we've seen them play, especially in that game yesterday, I, I think I really believe this. Boston has completely blown up the Brooklyn plan because I don't know what they're going to pivot to uh, with, with what's going on this coming offseason, Kyrie being a free agent. Exactly. And I would say keep a very close eye on should the Nets lose against the Celtics in game four, keep an eye on Kyrie's behavior post game. Because I think he's going to be very reactionary if they lose. And mm -hmm. whatever he says in, in post-game comments or how he acts on the sideline is how is going to be indicative of his next move or his future. Because I think he, if they lose, he will be the biggest baby because he is a baby. He is a diva. Yeah. He loves playing the victim. He will play the victim and say he will he will probably right now is thinking of excuses and things to blame. Should they lose? Here's what I'll say. I will blame like this, the NBA find me. It's the Celtics fans gotten, you know, he yep. won't say they got in his head, but he will say something about the Celtics fans affecting him or something, some convoluted thing. So I would keep a very close eye on how he acts either way, especially if they lose for sure. Uh, Brooklyn, if they do not win tomorrow, they will be the only team in round one to not win a game. They will be the only tweet team to get swept. I would have thought Chicago could have been there prior to the Middleton injury. What about the Pelicans would have been there? The Hawks, the War, I mean, the, the Nuggets, they obviously saved their season today. Maybe Utah, depending on how that whole thing played out. But like ultimately, of all the teams in round one to not win a game, Brooklyn tomorrow is looking at being the only team, a team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie in the middle of their prime are would looking you, at potentially being swept. It's unbelievable. Never have thought of that. I just had a tingle go up my spine when you said that because it's so exciting to think about because that is, it's just unfathomable coming into this because there were so many worries. Like how will the, will the Celtics win a game? And now they're going to they possibly sweep them. It's unbelievable. Do Bostonians still celebrate by throwing tea in the harbor or do you guys do it a different way now? Oh, totally. The harbor, nice. the off the yes. buildings, everything. Into any body of water, into the duck okay. pond, everything. Just tea. It'll Absolutely. be just tea and screaming and duck boats. Everything. <laughs> uh, we'll dive into more of the other series. Uh, Heat Hawks is going on right now. Suns Pelicans a little bit later than when we're taping this on this Sunday evening. Nuggets Warriors. Nuggets saved their season. And the Bucks, man, they might have found something here without Chris Middleton as Giannis continues to look like Shaquille O'Neal, T-Wolves, Grizz, and Mavs Jazz. We'll dive into all of it at the end of the show. But coming up next, Ryan Roberts of RisingDraft.com and host of NFL Draft Prospects talks about the NFL Draft. Back to the Futures, back with more on the BetQL Network. Shelton Messenger here. Download the free Odyssey app now to watch and listen to the Daily Tip 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern along with BetQL Daily. You better you bet and bet MGM tonight only on the BetQL Network. 
project. All things being equal, do you ever lean towards someone you just have a good feeling about? No. What is this? You don't. You've never no, had something you go you on Yelp and you look at the reviews. It's not that hard. And you don't take the kind of person you're dealing with into consideration at all. Like a guy who just got out of jail is like, hey, I've done five jobs. I served 10 years for attempted murder. Guy didn't die, but I do. I have great reviews. That would be fine. But are you doing meet and greets with these people before they actually do the job? Like, I don't do that. You call well, somebody, they come over and they fix something. That's well, it. I live in a condo, so this is not a conversation that I am adulting four. This is actually, of our conversations, this might be bottom five. The Daily Tip, morning 6 to 9 Eastern from the BetQL Network, your home for wagertainment. The best players in the league perform even better with a great assist. And using BetQL to help take your sports betting to the next level, it's an MVP move. BetQL analyzes every bet from every game to find you the most profitable opportunities. Sometimes a spread is off by a few points or a total is way too high or low. BetQL shows you where the real value is so you can make smarter bets and cash in more consistently. All the bets from today's games are clearly listed and ranked on a scale of one to five stars. Those five-star bets give you the best chance to win and have shown real proven results. Get insights on sides, totals, player props, and more combined with articles from BetQL's team of wagering experts. BetQL has you covered for pro and college games, football, basketball, baseball, and even hockey and soccer. It's time to get better at betting with BetQL. Visit BetQL.com and use promo code BET for 20% off. That's 20% off with promo code BET at BetQL.com. I'm Listening Daily, brought to you by Genomind. Here's Brad Schultz of Cage the Elephant on the importance of talking about your feelings. What I found very helpful in this whole time, I'll, I'll call some of my friends that I know are up late at night because I am a night owl. And having some of the most deep and intimate conversations that I've ever had with some of my friends, for me at least, when the anxiety builds up and that sort of thing is when, you know, you get almost embarrassed as if you don't think people are feeling this, that same kind of thing. Emotional pain is something that's, I think people are even more guarded about. It's hard to talk about things that are your innermost thoughts and the things that scare you the most. I'm Listening is brought to you by Genomind, the Genomind mental health map, the new expert starting point for your mental health. Visit mentalhealthmap.com to learn more and order your mental health map DNA test kit today. That's mentalhealthmap.com. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Lucy Burge and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. All right, guys, welcome back in. Back to the Futures here on this Sunday evening. Lucy Burge in Boston, Brandon Sprague here in Portland, Oregon, here on the BetQL Network and the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll dive into the other NBA playoff uh, matchups going on. We'll give you an update of what's happened so far today. We kind of, oh, I don't know what's happening here. Uh, is uh, Oh, I had my ESPN app uh, was going or something there. That was weird. Uh, sorry about that. But uh, we'll have a, an update of some scores, and we'll dive into the rest of the NBA playoffs. We got caught in the Boston-Brooklyn Nets series where Boston's on the verge of sweeping the Brooklyn Nets tomorrow and how much of a cluster that seems to be. But uh, let's dive into the NFL draft here, Lucy. Let's change it up. We got NFL draft week. Uh, normally I'm pretty pumped about this one this year. I'm still excited, but I don't really know what to expect. So it's a lot of uncertainty and joining us is our good friend, Ryan Roberts of risendraft.com, Also host of the NFL draft prospects podcast. 
and he hops on to the Back to the Futures here. Ryan, uh, good evening. How you doing? I'm good, fellas. I'm good. How's everything on you guys' end? Uh, it's going really good. We uh, we're just we wanted to dive into the some NFL draft talk with you, and we want to look at the number one pick. And I'll start right here. The Jags on the clock, Ryan and Trent Baalke had interesting comments on Friday. He basically said their phone is open if somebody's willing to trade for the number one pick. They haven't received any calls, but they're open to it. A. Hutchinson right now is the Vegas favorite to be number one overall at minus two fifty. What's your read on what Jacksonville? What you think they may do? And this Hutchinson, should he be the pick at number one? Yeah, I, I mean, if I was Trent, I wouldn't hold my breath waiting for that call for the first pick, man. Because it's, I mean, it, it, usually if you're trading up for the first pick or at least in the top five, it's going to be for quarterbacks. I just, it's just not the year for, for that type of business. So I think Jacksonville, first and foremost, is going to be stuck there at one, you know, with quotation marks. Because I, I think that there are a lot of good players, but I definitely don't think that this is the year where you want necessarily to have the number one overall pick because it's more of a, depth class than it is a top heavy class which to your point of like the fact that you know maybe you're not as quite as excited as usual for the NFL draft I think it's because there's just not those sexy quarterbacks at the top and there's not just that top end talent so um, Jacksonville I think is going to take Aiden Hutchinson I would be surprised at this point if it's anybody else I know there's been some smoke with Trayvon Walker out of Georgia you know over the last week or so about him maybe being the guy if you're taking a gamble more on the upside than maybe before of Aiden Hutchinson but, I mean, just very, very simply, I, I just haven't heard that same buzz around the NFL from guys that I talk to that there is a realistic opportunity for Trevor Walker. Like, I just I think that it's one of those things where it's just kind of been a foregone conclusion for a couple months now that it's going to be Aiden and people just kind of want to have something to talk about a little bit, you know. So that's kind of the buzz that gets thrown around a little bit. So I'm going with Aiden Hutchison. I think it's firm, and I, I, just, I would just be very surprised at this point if it ends up not being Hutch at number one. So, Ryan, Ian Rappaport had a tweet today that he just landed at the draft. He said this is the weirdest top 10 in recent memory for this draft. He said no consensus. Do you agree with that? Have you ever seen any weirder top 10 than this year? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think I definitely agree with it, to be honest. I mean, because like I said, there's there's no quarterbacks that – there's going to be probably one or two quarterbacks that are going to be taken in the top 10, but there's not ones that, in a traditional sense, that you would be happy with taking in the top 10. So, I mean, it's – all over the place. I mean, we, I just talked a little bit about there might be you know, some discourse with who's the top edge off the board. I mean, the two guys that I mentioned aren't even my top edge rusher in this class. I, I prefer Kayvon Thibodeau, who's a guy that people are just kind of overthinking a little bit. So I think position to position, there's no consensus because even offensive tackle, I mean, I'm an Evan Neal guy from Alabama, and I think there's a lot of people around the league that love Evan Neal, but there's also people that love Ika McQuanu out of NC State and some people that even love Charles Cross. So I think it's from a – position to position perspective there's just a lot of discourse overall and that's kind of where that top 10 conversation is you know kind of parlaying a little bit it's like it's Kyle, Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame he's a safety safeties don't usually go in the top 10 so people are kind of overthinking him a little bit they knock him down the board is Derek Stingley going to be the first corner off the board or is it going to be a Mod Gardner so yeah I agree with you and I think that this is the most bizarre year, especially for people that love to do mock drafts, it's going to be a very difficult one. I don't think there's any consensus across the league. I think that's not only just at the top, but I think that's positionally. Just, you know, if you're ranking the top five, I think not, you know, if you if you survey 10 teams, I think you're going to get nine responses back to a completely different order. So I think that it is very, I think it's very true with what Ian's kind of reporting there. I think that it is a bizarre top 10 to figure out. I think it's a bizarre first round to figure out. So it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of 
moving parts. I think there's probably going to be some trades probably, you know, moving down and closer to the end of the top 10 into the teams. Like there's, it's going to be a lot of moving parts on, on the first day of the draft. It's going to be very bizarre to watch. Yeah. Our guest here is Ryan Roberts of the risingdraft.com uh, NFL prospects dri- diving into all the NFL draft stuff. Also host of the NFL draft prospects pod. Uh, he joins us now. He's on Twitter at rise and draft. You, you mentioned somebody I, he's out in my neck of the woods, Kayvon Thibodeau, and he's getting ready to get drafted. This was a dude that going into the last college football season, Ryan, a lot of us out here thought this is number one overall pick in the draft. And then Aiden Hutchinson came on the scene. Michigan had a great year and, you know, offensive linemen are start, starting to burst at the seams. This wide receiver draft seems pretty heavy, which we can talk about as well. Uh, you hinted, though. You said you like Kayvon Thibodeau the most. So kind of a two-parter for you. One, I don't get the Trevon Walker jumping Kayvon stuff. His numbers do not mat up. Uh, Kayvon's production, he played double the snaps. He still had double the production as Trevon Walker. Why is he rising past Kayvon in many ways? And how much do you like Kayvon in terms of what you would bet uh, for maybe often or, or for NFL uh, rookie of the year in terms of Kayvon's odds to do that. Yeah. I mean, starting with Trevon real quick, I think he, he it, this is the worst type of rise that we typically see. It's a guy that is the assumed workout warrior, you know, and he's a guy that played a, a, a weird role for the university of Georgia. He's obviously going to be a guy that's going to play more on the edge, but he played in a three man front a ton. So he's playing, you know, he's dealt, he's two gap in a ton. He's kind of, being more of a linear player comparative to be a guy that, that maybe is a little more flexible at the hips and, and with, you know, ankle flexion and bend that you're typically going to see from an edge rusher at the next level. So it's, it's kind of a weird projection, but then you see him at the combine and I mean, six, five, two seventy two, thirty five plus inch arms running four, five, one 40 inch vert. Like those numbers are historically speaking about as rare as you could possibly get. You put those next to, a guy like a Miles Garrett who, you know, went healthy and, and went working, you know, whether it's him or TJ Watt, he's probably the best defensive end in, in, in football. His numbers are better than him across the board. So that's why the rise is happening. It's because people are kind of buying into the upside. You know, Trayvon is a guy that didn't play a ton, like he kind of said. So you're projecting mm-hmm. what his ceiling could be. And, and I get that. I, and I, I subscribe to it to a degree. I mean, I'm more of a, Trayvon Walker in the middle of the first round type of guy because the traits are absolutely silly. Like it's it's no, I mean, don't make any any mistake about that. But the the, the part of it is though that the edge position you do need those great traits, but then also it's not very translatable to what you're seeing on the film right, the field right now. So I think he's a day two player on tape, but he's a top ten player when you put when you're talking just about the measurables. So that's why it's a little bit of an iffy one for me. Yeah, that's why he's going over the Kayvon right now. Because Kayvon, I thought, tested really well. I ran him the 4'5". He's 6'4", 250-plus pounds, 34-inch arms. And when he is healthy and he's on the field and he's locked in, I think he's the best edge rusher in this draft. I think that he has a ways to go in terms of a pass rush plan. I don't think he's incredibly nuanced right now. But what I know is he is, is he's explosive. He plays hard. And he, I mean, there is a lot of room to grow. And when you see the production that he had out in the Pac-12, just basically working off the traits, I think he could be the best defensive end, best pass rusher in this class. So I'm buying into Kayvon. He is the guy that, and it happens every single year. There's always a prospect that people know about for so long that they can have a a little bit of analysis paralysis on them. And they kind of overthink them a little bit. I remember when Miles Garrett came out of Texas A&M, people had the same things like, does he love football or, you know, is he a guy that's going to be locked in all the time? And that's what you're kind of hearing with Kayvon right now. And I mean, we just honestly need to get past this whole thing where 
a guy can a guy can love to play football and still love to do other things outside of football. Football does not need to be him twenty four seven. So Kayvon's a free thinker. Kayvon is very articulate. He speaks well. I, I respect everything that he kind of presented to to the media this off season. People are off put it by it because again they want a guy that's locked in one hundred percent of the time and, and, and to the game. And I get that to a certain degree, but I think ultimately we saw Kayvon Thibodeau as a as a true freshman in Oregon. I mean freshman All American. All Pac-12. Everybody knew that that dude was going to be a guy in a couple of years. But the fact is that he's just been on the mind for so long that I think people are just kind of creating holes that just aren't really there, to be honest with you. So I, I would, in the perfect world, in, in my world, I would draft him number one overall. But unfortunately, I'm not quite sure where he's going to get drafted because I just think that people are just overthinking him too much. There's just a little bit of overanalyzation right now. So I'm in Boston and there is a lot of speculation about what the Patriots are going to do in the draft, of course. And one name that keeps coming up is N'Kobe Dean and everything I see about him, he would be perfect in new England. Todd McShay said there isn't a better player in this class in terms of football IQ than N'Kobe Dean. What are you hearing about him? And if this is true, why aren't more people talking about him? Why aren't his odds better for anything? Like what, what is the, the consensus on him? He, he's a tough guy, to be honest with you. He's a tough evaluation because, and he is 100% correct, he's got some of the best instincts in his class. He sees the game at such a high level. In the linebacker position, eyes are so important, and he has great eye discipline, and he just kind of has a proactive approach to the game. Like, he just always see, seems to be in the right spot. The difficulty with him is he's undersized, you know, he's sub six foot, doesn't have a great arm length. And we don't, I mean, I thought he was a sufficient athlete on film. I wouldn't say a bad athlete. I wouldn't say a great athlete, but he's kind of just been dodging the testing all, all, all off season. And he ends up not running a 40 he ends up not really testing at all at both the combine and the pro day. And it does seem like there's something that he's hiding, you know? And I, I think that he's a guy that probably would not have tested well, but I th- I've always just kind of been on the wavelength. I think that Kobe Dean is a late first, early second round player. I compare him a lot to Nick Bolton that came out of Missouri last year, which I also think, I mean, he ended up going to the second round, but I think kind of people kind of overanalyzed him a little bit too, just based upon his stature. So I like the Kobe, I think 21 for the Patriots. I think it might just be a little, a hair too high for me. I think more like if you're going to trade back into the, a little closer to the thirties, then I would feel a little more comfortable with it just because there are some concerns about the range and the lack of length. Like there is some concern on film, but he is a very heady player. He just, he strikes me as a player that's going to be something like a poor man's Johnson Vilma for a long time, who he's just going to be a tackling machine. He's going to be kind of the leader of a defense. Maybe there's nothing flashy about him, but just a really good football player. So I, I do like him for new England. There's a couple other linebackers though, that I also do really like in this class that I think kind of fit new England style that, could be a suitable option there at 21. I mean, if Devin Lloyd from Utah is you know somebody that falls to that spot, maybe even if you think about a guy like Leo Chanel out, out of Wisconsin who's just a freaky type of dude. So I, I think that linebacker depth is really good this year, and I, I think that Kobe is firmly in that conversation because he does have just a great understanding of football. Yeah. This is Ryan Roberts, our guest here on Back to the Futures here on the BetQL Network. Rise in Draft on Twitter at Rise in Draft, riseindraft.com. And, of course, also host of the NFL Prospects Draft podcast. Find him on Twitter at Rise and Draft. You know, Ryan, uh, got to run on wide receivers potentially coming here in this first round. We see at a value of that position right now in the way they're getting these contracts. So, obviously, a lot of teams are valuing these guys and how special they can be. And we saw it just a couple years ago, right, in the Justin Jefferson season, Chase Claypool coming out. Like, there were some guys drafted later on 
that ended up being huge finds for them. Um, this one seems to be pretty loaded at that position. Who are your top four wide receivers? Yeah, um, my number one for me has been pretty consistent throughout the process. I, I'm a big fan of Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. For me, he's the only receiver in this class that I would call a legitimate three-level threat who also can create separation. And whether you're talking about as a route runner, as an athlete, and at the catch point. I mean, the kid plays a lot bigger than his 5'11 and 6'8 or whatever he ended up measuring in at the combine. So he's my top guy for sure. I think number two for me right now, I, I would probably defer to Drake London. I re- it's a really close one, honestly. They graded out very similar for me, but they're very different players. I have Drake London at two, and then I have Jamison Williams from Alabama at three. Jamison brings home run speed, dynamic ability after the catch, dynamic ability as a field stretcher. He's coming off the injury, obviously, like Drake London is as well. But, you know, it's just kind of the one year of production with Jamison, and he's a guy that played at Alabama where there's – Obviously, a lot of good players around him. So there's just some times where he's getting a lot of one-on-one matchups, which, hey, man, I mean, he ended up taking advantage of his matchups. So no fault at all to a guy like a Jameson Williams. But I ultimately do have Drake London as my number two because he reminds me a lot of Brandon Marshall. You know, there's nuance and there's fluidity for a guy that's 6'4", 220, that I think is you know, kind of an irregular thing. Like, you just see guys that are a little tight. I think he has really good uh, – really good um, – fluidity in and out of breaks. I think his hips are really good as a route runner, and he's just a physical dude, whether that's winning in the catch point, whether that's after the catch. I mean, he just breaks a ton of tackles. I, I really like a ton of what Drake London does, and I love the dynamic element that Davison brings to the table. And then number four, I have Traylon Burks, which, I mean, if you're talking about a guy that's dynamic after the catch, Traylon runs a lot faster than the four five five. He ended up running at the combine because he's 6'2", 225, and if you turn on the Alabama tape from last year, I mean, you're going to see like an 80-yard touchdown where he just leaves one of the more athletic secondaries in college football in the dust. So I'm a big fan of, of what he brings to the game. Uh, the only questions about him is when he was at Arkansas, similarly to how Colorado used LaVisca Chenault coming out, they really use him kind of more of a simplistic type of offense. So they put him in the slot, motion him, throw him swing screens, let him be a yak guy. And I think I really did kind of limit him as an all-around player, but I think yeah. you saw good steps this year as a route runner and being able to be kind of an inside-outside threat. So he would kind of round out right. of my top four. I really do like Traylon Burks from Arkansas. There we go. Ryan Roberts of RiseandDraft.com. Follow him on Twitter, at RiseandDraft. Thanks for hopping on with us, Ryan. And uh, we'll react to what he just gave us coming up next. Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network. It's Krista Crick. Download the free Odyssey app to watch and listen to Quentin Mayo, Ryan Horvath, and me on BetMGM tonight, 7 to 11 Eastern, plus the daily tip, BetQL Daily, and You Better You Bet on the BetQL Network. Start your day with a daily tip featuring Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on The Bet. Presented by BetMGM. When you need something done, it could be your hair, it could be your nails, it could be a home improvement project. All things being equal, do you ever lean towards someone you just have a good feeling about? No. What is this? You don't. 
You've never no, had something. No, you go you on Yelp and you look at the reviews. It's not that hard. And you don't take the kind of person you're dealing with into consideration at all. Like a guy who just got out of jail is like, hey, I've done five jobs. I served 10 years for attempted murder. Guy didn't die, but I do. I have great reviews. That would be fine. But are you doing meet and greets with these people before they actually do the job? Like, I don't do that. You call well, somebody, they come over, and they fix something. That's well, it. I live in a condo, so this is not a conversation that I am adulting This is actually, of our conversations, this might be bottom five. The Daily Tip, morning 6 to 9 Eastern from the BetQL Network, your home for wagertainment. I'm Listening Daily, brought to you by Genomind. Here's licensed therapist Dr. Chris Donahue on taking steps to reach out. I want people to be proactive, and that means not waiting until you're really feeling bad in terms of mood or mental health before you take some of the action steps that we consistently are talking about. So I love the idea of us starting our day, setting self-care goals, and making one of them to reach out to a multitude of people to deal with our own loneliness, but also to check in on them. Now, having said that, I also want people to know that emotions can be infectious. So check in on your own sense of how do I feel in some of these conversations, because it is okay to let someone know on the other end, hey, listen, I'm starting to feel a little flooded or a little overwhelmed or anxious. Can we start talking about something a little more lighthearted, funny, or joyful? I'm Listening is brought to you by Genomind, the Genomind Mental Health Map, the new expert starting point for your mental health. Visit mentalhealthmap.com to learn more and order your Mental Health Map DNA test kit today. That's mentalhealthmap.com. The sports betting world never sleeps, so wrap up your day with BetMGM Tonight, featuring Ryan Horvath, Quentin Mayo, and Trista Crick, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network. I like Power Rangers Cubs. a lot, love Power, Power Rangers. Rangers. Oh, I was big, yeah, I was big. I liked uh, the White Ranger and Green Ranger, Tommy, and I was in love with the Pink Ranger, one of the first I loves of my life. I on Bumble with Tommy. Really? Yes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like the, the guy I'm that like, played yes. Tommy with, like, the ponytail? Like, no, 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 no. Who's the other one? Who's the other one? Who's the black ranger? Wait a minute. Oh, that was Zach. Zach. I'm yeah, Zach. I match, I match with uh, Jason Zach. was the red. I matched with the black ranger. Take that You left for a after, promo. like, the second season. Yeah, but you know which one. It was the OG one with that yeah. little flat top. You met on Bumble. You matched Wait, on Bumble with the still, Power Ranger? Does he still, like, go by being, like, the black power? Like, has he done anything since? He didn't put in his bio, you also may know No, you ass. just know. No, you just know it's him. Oh, that's why you, did you ever go on a date with him? Mm-mm. Did you just, did you talk I to him? I just wanted to know if I was going to match with the, with the Ranger. BetMGM tonight, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Lucy Burge and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. All right, we wrap it up here. Back to the Futures here. Our thanks again to uh, Ryan Roberts of RyzenDraft.com. Does an exceptional job. Man, really informative stuff right there. Uh, he really likes Kayvon Thibodeau, who has uh, seemed to fall here in the draft. But good insight on the wide receivers. A couple other position players as well. So our thanks to Ryan Roberts for hopping on with us tonight. Also host of the NFL Draft Prospect Pod. So give him a follow on Twitter at Rise and Draft. We need to wrap it up. Uh, we're going to talk about these uh, NBA playoffs. I, I'm, I like to make notes once in a while, but my coworkers say when they think we're off air and nobody cares what they say. And we were talking during the break about baseball and how fans are, uh, what, what did John Sterling call them? Hooligans. 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 I, I want to get to that, but I also need to address the elephant in the room. Yes, please. I want to say it was about three weeks ago, Lucy. If you go back to the podcast of Back to the Futures, we called you out for making $1 bets. And yeah. we talked about how shameful it was, how you were bringing the show down, how it was really embarrassing for me, for Zach, for Rick, for the BetQL folks, for everybody, that you're betting $1. 
And then you admitted right as we came back that you're betting the Red Sox money line every single day and you're betting, and I quote, $1. So we're still not learning our lesson here and we refuse to get off the $1 bet. How can we at least move this to three? How can we up your daily Red Sox money line bet to at least $3? I think the Red Sox have to show us that they can win a game before I will be willing to bet anything more. I will will hammer their World Series odds all day, but as the season has begun, Mm -hmm. I am now angry Mm -hmm. at them. So $1 it is until they win two games in a row. I'm not going to, I know, hold on. I'm putting your feet to the fire here. I'm not letting you get away with this. Two days ago, Lucy Burge, at Lucille Burge on Twitter. The Red Sox are winning the World Series. Two days before that, at Lucille Burge. The Red Sox are winning the World Series. Three days before that, at Lucille Burge. The Red Sox are winning the World Series. If you believe they're winning the, the GD World Series, just bet the $3 on every single game because it's in your interest for them to win the World Series. It's also in your financial interest to win more money. Oh, totally. But I mean, right now they've hit a bit of a snag. So every time they win, I tweet that. So it is indicative of how much they win of how much I tweet that. And right now is the snag, like they, you know, ups and downs. So right now is the $1 zone. And then Mm. we'll get into like the $3 zone once they kind of pick it up in the summer, which they will, and their odds will get better and they will win the world series. Today was not the world series. So when they get to it, then maybe they'll win it. But I mean, they will win it, but like maybe they'll start winning games as they get closer Today was not good. Today I am angry at them. So maybe, and I did not, I did not take Red Sox money line today. Did not do mm. it. Mets money mm. line, and they came through for me. Thank you, Mets. Let's go, Mets. <laughs> meet the Mets. I will meet them all day because I'm gonna put more. I will put more money on every Mets money line bet than every Red Sox money line bet this season. I'll tell you where now. If the Red Sox do get it going and they start climbing into first, uh, not only do I need you to bet three dollars, but one of the more and I never told you this, so I'm telling you live on air. One of the more disappointing things for me is when I found out you were going to be hopping in, as Thomas was moving, we got, oh, Lucio Burge. Oh, great, Lucy Burge. I was excited, although I was disappointed. I thought you were going to crack the mic and have a wicked Boston accent. And you gave really? us apps. I just, just, like, she's from Boston. She worked at WEI. I'm like, this is awesome. She's going to have a thick, heavy Boston accent. And she's going to almost make me cry with her hot sports takes. I couldn't wait. And you're great to work with, but you don't have the accent. Where's the accent? Well, this is because I grew up in Connecticut. So in Connecticut, we have what's called Mm. a glottal stop. So when I say the word mitten or kitten, it's not kitten or mitten or anything, which I think is like a lot of places. But in Connecticut, it's specifically called the glottal stop because like New Britain, Kitten, mitten, it's all, yeah, all that stuff. But I have lived in total in Massachusetts for 11 years because I went to college here, grad school, and and like one year in between those did not live in Boston. But otherwise, yes, I have lived in Boston for over a third of my life. I still don't have an accent, but I go to Dunkin' all the time. I eat clam chowder. (laughs) And I, if I tried to do a Boston accent, it would be so embarrassing. But I, I could technically park my car in Harvard Yard, but not parallel park because I can't do that, which is kind of a sin here. Um, But yeah, no, that's very interesting because no, I do not have the accent. And it's funny, you know what I will say? A lot of people in Boston do not have a Boston accent. They're very, if you were been, I mean, they're very pockets of it, but a lot of people I know who were born and raised in Massachusetts do not have the accent, which I found very interesting. All right. Well, you know, somebody out in Portland, Oregon's never been a boss. And I kind of just assume most people had somewhat of an accent. So fool, I'm foolish. I'm an idiot. Shame on me for thinking that. Um, So let's, I would have thought the same thing. Right. We'll raise your bets up as the season goes on from one to three. 
let's dive into the NBA playoffs here. Um, as I, I love the group chat we've got going on here. This smart <laughs> Chowder, chat. let's go to Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, let's get into some of these other NBA uh, playoffs here. The Bucks destroying the Bulls for two games in Chicago. That series is over, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, Giannis is dominating. I mean, he is yeah. at 17 rebounds, 32 points. All season, I've been on Giannis MVP. He was MVP caliber this evening. They even, at the end of the game, they said, you put on an MVP-level performance here, and he, as modest as ever, just kept saying it's about the team. He is so not unassuming because he's Giannis, but he is so much not, I'm the star, I'm great. He is, this is, I want to make the team better. And he is doing it in such a way that is just, unassuming and modest and I am all in now on Giannis MVP and that's why I want the Celtics to play the Bucks because I want to see what happens yeah no absolutely I I think a lot of people thought Chicago could actually win that series forgot that the best player in the NBA resides in Milwaukee and not Brooklyn see you forget Um, because he's so unassuming he is not this like I am in your face superstar but he's a superstar Lucy, if you look up his stats from this year last year and the year before and you can even go back to the MVP seasons if you go look at the stats, Giannis actually rivals Shaq numbers. Like Why? prime Lakers Shaq. They are the same numbers. And I know he's not down to the low post, dunking over, you know, Arvita Sabonis of 7'1", 345 pounds like he's a little boy. But Giannis is skinny, freakishly long, alien version of Shaq. He, he just, yeah. he really is. He dominated the points in the paint today against Chicago. And DeMar DeRozan has a game like that. Uh, Caruso left with a face injury. It's going to be really hard for Chicago. I think that series is over. Where are you at on Utah and Dallas? A series that, although it's tied 2-2, feels like it's super lopsided still. Uh, Took a lob from Donovan to Rudy Gobert to win that game. Luka came back, but it's tied at two. Is this going to go the full way, or is Dallas going to win this in six? Where Or do you have Utah being able to maybe get their S together and pull off an upset? So I think I picked Dallas in this one. I said a bunch of stuff last week, and I can't remember if I said Dallas in five, or. but I, I do like Dallas in this series. I think yeah. they can pull this off and finish this off. Okay, and Golden State, they're, they're going to eliminate Denver, right, in game five, yes. the gentleman sweep, yeah? Yes, I did have Golden okay. State minus three and a half today, so there was that. Uh, but yeah, yeah no, I, I do think gentleman sweep is definitely in the cards for them. Yeah, I do too. And then finally, uh, Minnesota... And uh, Memphis, they're they're in a good series too. A bit of a dogfight where Minnesota could really make an argument they should be up three one. I mean, Cat shot the ball four effing times in Game Three. They were up twenty points. They still blew that lead in a span of six minutes. Uh, Memphis, you know, split in Minnesota, but it goes back to Memphis tied at two. You know, I thought Minnesota had a real chance to win this series. I still think they can. I I find them hard to take because they go through too many lows offensively. And it's hard to trust Minnesota fully. But where are you at between Minnesota and Memphis? So I, again, think last week I said something about the Timberwolves in five or Timberwolves in six, something like that. And I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to yeah. say they will win the series and in five or six games. Okay. All right. I'm looking forward to it. I think we got some really good series ahead of us. Um, obviously, some other teams are going to get eliminated here. Denver seems to be out. Uh, I, we know Brooklyn's going to get bumped. No team's ever come back from 3-0 deficit in NBA history. So we know that's going to happen. Yeah. And I think it's just setting up uh, an even better second round, especially in the Eastern Conference. The West, I don't know. It's probably still going to be Golden State-Phoenix, but we'll have to see where Devin Booker 
uh, is injury is is at. Uh, we had Ryan Roberts on. I want to ask, are you excited for the draft? Like, I'm kind of in this weird spot where I like the draft. I get excited for the content. But thinking about the players who are being picked and the way this draft is looked at, it's, I will admit, not having the sexy and flashiness of quarterback really involved here does take a little bit away. I should appreciate these skill position players. Wide receivers are pretty deep and pretty talented. Uh, but no real quarterback a threat to be in the top five. Where are you at on the excitement for the NFL draft on Thursday? See, I agree with you about the quarterback factor because there is no flashy one player who stands out. Where's he going to go? No speculation, right. all of that stuff about where this play, like an Alabama player or something, or like a Mac Jones or like a, you know, whoever, or Trevor Lawrence. And there's no one like that in this draft. And that's why it has snuck up on us. I'm like, wait, the NFL draft is upon us already. That's insane. I'm not as excited as in past years. And I, I also agree with Rappaport about that, about how this is, it's just bizarre. Like the top 10 is just, it's one of the more bizarre I could probably remember. So yeah, not yeah. as, I would say excitement level four, four or five for this. Four draft. out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we're going to end up getting a random trade. Like if mm. Jimmy G did get traded, it, it wouldn't throw oh. me through a loop. But um, that would be, it would be interesting though. It would, yeah, it would make Debo, you know, Zach, there's a rumor that the Jets are willing to trade the 10th pick they got from the Seahawks. They're willing to trade that pick to San Francisco with a couple other things for Debo Samuel, who just apparently hates being used productively in a Kyle Shanahan offense, which is, you know, good luck to the Jets on that one. But <laughs> um, interesting movement we potentially could have here with uh, a Debo Samuel. How are we doing on baseball? Do we need to do a wellness check-in mm. here? on our baseball well, season, the Yankee fans with an ugly display towards the, the Cleveland guardians. And, you know, it's just, uh, yeah. it's crazy right now. The teams who are good, my defending Bravos are seven and 10. They just <laughs> lost a series to the Marlins. How are we feeling about the baseball season? Well, would be tough to be you, but I understand because the Red Sox not so hot, but Miles Straw, my favorite baseball player right now for his comments about Yankee fans. And finally, some professional athlete says it. They are a classless fan base and I am all in on any prop bet on Miles Straw for the rest of the season because that guy is <laughs> class all the way. And I am just mwah, chef's kiss, Miles Straw. Thank you very much. Shout out to you for what you said. Uh, there's nothing I enjoy more, as uh, I know Zach's listening to this, there's nothing I enjoy more than listening to uh, New York sports fan get absolutely dunked on. The Nets are going to win as many playoff games as the Knicks. The Mets are going to melt down, and at some point the Yankees will become fraudulent. I love it. I'm right there with you. Absolutely. That is going to do it for us. Um, we got through a lot today. The NBA playoff picture, the uh, rounds roll on. We talked NFL Draft with Ryan Roberts of RisingDraft.com. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week, Sunday evening. Brandon Sprague, Lucille Burge on the East Coast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys next week on Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network. Shelton Messenger here. Download the free Odyssey app now to watch and listen to the Daily Tip 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern along with BetQL Daily. You better you bet and bet MGM tonight only on the BetQL Network.